You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 668. It's not about having the perfect tools in place for you to start working. It's the other way around. It's just taking action. Start mm-hmm. driving and start door knocking. Start calling from your cell phone. Grab a Google phone number. Like Do the, the small steps. Be consistent. A lot of people just think that it's going to happen overnight. It's just not that way. I mean, you might get yep. lucky. But it's not going to be that way every single time. You have to have that emotional maturity and just be consistent on what you believe is going to happen and and just put the work in and the results will pay out. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. What's up, Tribe? Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I am your host and Wholesaling Inc. coach, Rafael Cortez, and I'm super excited because today we have from TLP Fund, uh, Mr. Rodolfo Licon and Miguel Prado. They're a dynamic duo here in uh, in the Phoenix, Maricopa County area, and uh, they've been crushing it since 2019. I mean, I, I got to know you guys a while back when you guys were first getting started, and I've been able to see your guys' journey from the get-go. So it's pretty exciting to have you guys over and then just pick your brains on what that journey has been. Thanks for... Uh, for stopping by, guys. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You guys have been wholesaling for about, uh, what, a year and a half? About a year and a half, yeah. Yeah, we started wholesaling uh, back in 2019, like uh, July, July uh-huh. of 2019. Awesome. And you guys are in Maricopa County right now, right? Are you tapping into different markets? Are you tapping into different areas where, where you're wholesaling as well or just here? No, so right now we're just we're just hitting Arizona. We did expand to to Texas for a little bit, but we decided to just come back and and focus on what we know in, in our home and, and try to take over a little bit more of the market. And mm-hmm. we'll see later on. It's good to have like satellite markets, I, I call them, right? Like virtual wholesale markets for sustainability and growth. But you always want to have a backbone market that you can rely back on. And I mean, that's for us, it's Maricopa County as well. So we do venture out. We go to Texas market, Florida and different uh, places. But at the end of the day, the backbone that we have is situated here. So we never stop this market. It's pretty cool. We'll tap into it in a little bit. Did you guys start wholesaling together or did you start each one of you start on, you know, on, on your own and then just kind of decided to team up later down the road? Starting real estate, like first of 2018, realtor. And then I heard about a podcast called Real Estate Disruptors. We've all heard of it. Yeah. Right? Yep. And then March 2019, I was like, I got to try this. So I went and started working as an acquisition manager for Steven Max from March 2019 until like a full year, March 2020. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got started in a wholesaling as their acquisition manager, obviously learned from the best, Steven Max. I mean, they completely yeah, they crush it. They yeah, changed my trajectory on everything on how I should see sales, wholesaling, everything. So I kind of feel like Rodolfo and I took the long route, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. But in the end, result, it pays off because a lot of people start trying to do everything themselves. And we went like, no, let's go learn from the best, see what they're doing. And we were up front with them that, hey, we're here to about a year. We're going to learn. We're going to move on. And they were happy with that. And then we'll venture off and do our thing. So I started around March 2019. And then Rodolfo will tell his story on how he got started too. Yeah, I started with real estate. Well, I started learning about real estate back then in 2016, but I was still having a job with Gatorade at the time. 
for me, it was a little bit harder to just jump into the wholesale right away. About July of 2019, that's when, uh, or August, I don't know. That's when Miguel called me and said, hey, there's a pretty good opportunity here where you can actually learn. And, and you know, you start working with someone as an acquisition manager, and it's like, a, it's like an MBA within three months. You learn oh, in and out. That's exactly absolutely. how I got started too, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Again, like Miguel said, we were pretty upfront. We, we wanted to learn. We wanted to be as good as we wanted to be, as good as we could, and, you know, bring as much value, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, but the end goal was to, you know, part ways eventually and kind of create our own thing. Which I guess is when we started uh, after a year or so, or less than a year, March of this year, actually, when the whole pandemic started. That's when we... <laughs> you picked the right spot. Yeah. Bro, the, no yeah, kidding. The, the year we is 2020. The going on. Yeah, the year is 2020. We got hit with the pandemic and, and COVID in March. Actually, it's funny yeah. because I have, I have even a couple of my, my students started in March and it, it, it was before it hit. So I don't, I mean, I don't know, there's this whole, you know, energy thing going on that, that people felt like there was a shift coming and, and they tapped into something else. But I have three students that started in March and uh, got a couple of clients from the, uh, the operating system as well that started in, in the month of March of 2020 before oh, everything just yeah. kind of went haywire. Yeah. So that's interesting. And then you guys, you guys got together in March and then decided to, you know, put together the company. By this time, you guys already had a picture, right? So you guys did something really clever, which is cut the learning curve. So you got to understand the business from that standpoint. Now, when you jumped into it and then you decided to uh, venture off on your own, what was the, the biggest challenge that you guys encountered? Based on my experience, obviously, we had the uncertainty of things. We didn't know what was going to happen with the market. You know, you hear all these stories, especially in March when the whole thing was so new. Uh-huh. We didn't really know what was going to happen. But we did know that at the end of the day, it's all about consistency and, you know, taking action at the end of the day. So we kind of decided to take responsibility on that route and, you know, put the work and let's see what happens. We focused on the one thing that we knew how to do best. and Which was? Elaborate on that. Come on, tell, well, tell me about it. <laughs> so we started, Rodolfo and I are the same in terms of like, we think alike on how we should grow a business. We're, there are a lot of people that try to scale fast and we're like, no, like, let's... Take it step by step. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you've read the book, The One Thing, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. The, so that's like, let's master one thing and move on. So we started with cold calling. That, that's the first thing we did. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, when they start with cold calling, what do they do? They go and hire VAs and because they don't want to cold call. In this case, like we have all the time in the world. Let's pick up the phone. We got dialers. We got data. We started calling for, I don't know, two months. So you guys were actually doing the cold calling. Right. Yeah, we were starting from 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. We were doing full days of Boom. calling. Boom. Oh, was, man, that's what it takes. Yeah, especially taking off. And I mean, we have the money to hire VAs, but like who is going to do it better than Rodolfo and, and myself to do the cold calling and get the work done? Mm-hmm. So in those first 60 to 90 days, we got, I think, three deals. So you got three deals in 90 days. And uh, was that your only main, your only source of marketing? It was just cold calling? For 60 days. For 60 then days. Then after like, we kind of got some like same money from those cold calling deals. We decided to incorporate texting. And Rodolfo can elaborate on how we started like incorporating texting. Cool. So yeah. 60, 60 days. Sorry, buddy. And I just want to kind of um, no, clarify a couple of things. So uh, 60 days into it, you're cold calling, you're hitting the phones from 8 a.m. to about 7 p.m. And you get three deals within that time period. So the same cash, you put it back into the business and then you start to get more creative and then do different types of marketing like SMS. 
Yeah, actually, for the first three months, we actually didn't pay ourselves. We were putting everything into the into the company. We were tapping mm-hmm. into our savings for the most part, and it was the focus was to grow to a point where we could utilize a little bit more money for marketing and and try to remove ourselves and just make the company a little bit more efficient. So, so yeah, for the so, first few months, it was just all about calling. And, it's and- it's pretty interesting, man. You guys you guys jumped into it with the mentality of building a machine, and it's totally doable, right? It's a little different approach than what uh, most do, which is you know go in there and then pursue that that deal and then kind of reset and start all over again. But if, if you build it almost with the end in mind, I mean, you can create a company like the one that you guys have right now. What's your average deal flow right now? Before, like we, I kind of want to say like the structure of the business right now before we talk about that. And you said one thing, Rafael, that was really important about how we built a business. Mm-hmm. But the reality is like we, we built it and we're still building it. We're nowhere near, but we were able to do what we're doing right now and still growing because of people like you, Steve and Max, and especially our business partner, which in August, we partnered, we joined forces with Templeton Walker, and that's how we made TLP Ventures. Templeton, yeah. Licon, and Prado. Awesome. Yeah, Temp is a great guy. Dude, Temp's yeah, a man. Love that dude. <laughs> so he's, he's been a blessing to us in, in helping us create that vision and like taking our business. Like we joined his wholesaling business, our wholesaling business. We merged it and we took it to another level. Mm. So that's why where we at now. But the sessions we had with you on building our systems, podio, everything, like we would not be where we are without mentorship. Uh, there's this quote, it's, um, if I have six hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first four sharpening the the, saw, the blade, right? The saw, the blade, yeah. I can't remember where it goes. The context is that. And uh, it's it's preparation. So you, you prepare and then you start building and stacking, cutting the learning curve, and then just looking, learning just enough to take, uh, to take dangerous action, to just be dangerous in your field, right? You want to just know enough to be dangerous before before taking action, but you can't really hold back. And that's something that you guys did. March comes in, you jump into um, putting your business together and then you have these resources. You're, you're teaming up with Temp, who's, who's a rock star as well. And then reaching out for, for consulting in areas that, that you feel that you need to, to kind of fill in the gaps. But you're taking action at the same time, which is, I mean, I think that's the, the combination of that stuff is key, right? People say knowledge is power, but it's applied knowledge, really, that's yeah. that's power. And I mean, you guys you guys are doing a, a heck of a job at that. Um, and I think that something that we also have in our advantage, and at least we're taking, taking advantage of it, is that we understand our strengths mm-hmm. and we understand what we do best. So we try to leverage off of that. Because, yeah, we started cold calling. And for me, I've always been about the system. I've always been the systems guy kind of thing. I, mm-hmm. I studied engineering, industrial engineering. So I'm always about the efficiency of processes and mm-hmm. putting everything and trying to automate it and that kind of stuff. Versus Miguel, where he's highly direct. He's highly motivated with sales. He's the killer when it comes to closing deals. So, so we yeah. and then Templeton with a huge vision and just the mindset that brings and and all the relationships and all the, the doors that he's been able to open on his own and has been able to just pull us along. We do things very well separately to come together and just continue growing the company, right? So when you ask me about the the deals and how many deals we're doing on, on a consistent basis, well, that didn't happen just because of cold calling. We had to innovate and we had to identify a. I guess a more efficient way of reaching out people, right? And because mm. cold calling, you know, cold calling, you can do only so much in a in a lapse time of a of a day. There's, right. There's so many calls that you can do, right? So yeah, so if we wanted to reach more people. 
Yeah, there's a cap to to everything, right? If you want to get bigger on that, you add a, a call center, you add VAs, you just increase yeah. the operation that way. One thing that uh, that I keep talking about is that uh, it used to be okay to just have one source of marketing. That's not the case anymore. Now you have to get and reach people via different sources. So, uh, for example, SMS, you guys are texting, right? How has that helped your company? What's the difference between just uh, doing one single type of marketing, which is cold calling, and then adding a second one to it? So funny you mentioned Systems because guy, cold calling, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's put it this way, cold calling, even if we were reaching, let's say that we were making about a thousand calls a day mm-hmm. uh, per person, and we were only having, you know, direct contact with people, a hundred people per day. So the reality is that you're only hitting a hundred person that you're going to either ask, hey, are you interested in selling or not? And 90% of them or 99% of them are going to tell you no mm-hmm. or yes, right? When it comes to texting, now you're able to, instead of hit a hundred person, a hundred person per day. Or 200 in this case, because we were calling, both both of us were calling. Right now, we're texting on average 15,000 texts a day, 15 mm-hmm. to 20,000 texts a day. So the reach that we have in the Maricopa County is much, much greater, right? Right. And we're able to disregard those that are not interested and just focus on those that are either motivated or have shown some sort of motivation. When you're doing marketing, are you targeting the same list multiple different ways? Or is it different lists that you're targeting? No, we're doing such a huge amount of text. Well, I don't know. I don't know how many texts there the other people are doing, right? But uh, for us, it's fifteen to twenty thousand texts a, a day. We're pretty much eating the entire Maricopa County on mm-hmm. a, on an efficient way. So we focus on those that we know, those lists that are going to be, you know, that they're going to produce absentee, vacant, high equity, unknown equity, low, all those different lists that everybody knows, and we try to hit them multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, those are always cornerstone lists. I mean, why? Because they're volume. At the end of the day, this is a volume game, right? I mean, the more people that we that we're able to tap on the shoulder and uh, and you know see if they're interested, the more deals that are going to come through the door. SMS and texting. I mean, we use it in my company as well. It's proven to be a really, really good way of marketing as well. So we combine that with cold calling. So we have the same the same backbone in terms of of how we reach out to sellers. It's cold calling and SMS, which is text messaging. For example, if we're hitting a list of ten thousand. 20,000 people will call call the same list and we'll text the same list. So we're mm-hmm. hitting them, you know, multiple different ways, but it's the same sellers. And then we'll, you know, we'll move on and come back and refresh after a period of time. So um, awesome, man. I love what you guys are doing. Uh, besides, uh, do you guys have anything else in terms of marketing that you've uh, explored or tapped into? So in marketing, we have texting, which has been working great. Mm-hmm. And we have, that's like more on Templeton side, the referral side, mm-hmm. where he has a ton of relationships with realtors, wholesalers. He's an established buyer and he works those relationships and we're starting to work those relationships too. Mm-hmm. And we bring deals from that side as well. And from the vine, right? From the network. Network. Yes, yep, yep, definitely. Yep. I mean, just nourishing those relationships with realtors, wholesalers and, and all those relationships. I mean, how do you guys work with, uh, with real estate agents? I mean, I know how we do it in my business, but it's uh, if you have the right relationships built with agents, I mean, they can really make your, your business, you know, at least for, yeah. for the beginning of it until you get some traction on your own. How do you approach uh, creating relationships with real estate professionals and then capitalizing on that or using that in, in your business? Well, I think you've got to perform, right? Mm-hmm. With realtors, because I mean, they are, they're a mediator. They're going to represent the seller. And at the end of the day, we are end buyers. Mm-hmm. So we can't wholesale or double close a deal. We're taking it down. Perform- so you guys are actually closing on, do you close on all of the deals that you guys uh, take or do you uh, just assign some and? 
we we assign what someone to the float some and we we take uh -huh. down some. okay like, cool it depends on what we want to do with that deal but templeton really showed us and taught us how to nurture that relationship with the realtor that basically once you get in a relationship with the realtor and you perform yeah. and you give them what they want and you take care of them like hey both sides of the commission they're yours hey right. like thank you here's another fee or, or bring us more deals and we'll we'll pay you a referral fee from our brokerage because we're agents as well. Mm -hmm. So once you start taking very care- Very important, very important. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> they love that. I mean, and they make quick money, they make more money and you close, they know you close and they're going to make more money than a traditional listing. Who do you think they're going to come to next? It's all about adding value. You know, you got to realize how you can be productive and how can you add value to the other person because it's not about asking and, and just asking and expecting for them to just give you deals out of nowhere, right? So we realized very quickly that realtors- at the end of the day, that's what they do. They're realtors. They're not wholesalers. Now, once right. in a while, it'll come a pocket listing, which is distressed. And rather than just going through the whole process of putting it on the market, it's much easier to just offload it with an investor. It's going to be a quick cash sale. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, everybody's going to win. The person is going to be win. The, the seller will get their money. The realtor gets to um, represent both sides of the, right. of the sale. So they, they get compensated at the end of the day. And we get a deal as well. Yeah, that and, and I mean, they're solving a problem fast for their client and we're coming in and solving a, a problem fast for them. Solving but you're right, uh, Miguel, like the, the key is to perform. You have to perform. And, and it's pretty interesting that you give them uh, both sides of the, uh, you know, of the commission. They make a good chunk of cash and they're able to move that property fast. This is a crazy thing. So we think realtors, right? And the real estate professionals, I'm a real estate broker, but not every agent out there knows how to work with investors. Not every agent out there knows what wholesaling is, right? So a lot of these people have have, you know, their license and, and they have access to properties, but they don't, you know, they don't know anything else other than put them up on the MLS and try to find a traditional uh, buyer for something that may need some work. Right. So it's a headache. But if you uh, if you build enough relationships and they understand that they can come to you for something like that and make money while they're doing it. I mean, it's a win win on every single side because the seller is getting their thing. The real estate agent is getting you know what they want. And uh, you as wholesalers are building up that network and also getting, you know, of course, uh, the, the proceeds. Right. So it's it's a win win all around never shy away from working with with real estate agents because you know they're professionals in the in their field and if you treat your wholesale as um operation as a uh, professional business you're going to end up on the same terms what's and not only realtors also wholesalers i mean newbie right. uh, not newbie wholesalers but people that is only starting and they don't have the you know they don't have the big buyers list or they don't mm -hmm. really know what to do with the deal how much they can actually squeeze out of the deal yeah so we've been able to you know nurture those relationships with new people that are just getting into the business. We kind of help them how to start the business since mm -hmm. we, we've had that same experience in the last few months. And, and just collaborating with new wholesalers trying to get into the industry has been also you know productive. At the end of the day, you we help them and you're tapping into something very important too. Also, when you're starting off, some people start off with, oh, you know what? I have an uncle that buys properties and they have a solid buyer on their hands, right? And we all know that the more deals that you do, uh, the bigger the buyer's list is, you know, the more opportunity you have to, to sell your deals fast. But also it, it really comes down to a handful of real buyers. Like I know in my business, I mean, we know our solid buyers by name. 
I mean, we have, I don't know, 50,000 buyers on our list, but it's a handful of buyers that are consistently coming back to you, right? So now what I'm trying to get to is that as a new wholesaler, if you're jumping into it and then you have a couple of solid buyers that you can reach out to, you can JV or venture um, or partner up with somebody else who has a property and then you bring the buyer to it and then make a spread on that. So it's another way to tap into wholesaling through a joint venture partnership, uh, you know, type of agreement with somebody. So there's so many different ways just to structure deals that you can be, you know, at the end of the day, providing a solution for the party that you're dealing with. That's the main thing, right? I mean, if we can provide speed and convenience for sellers and buyers, we're going to be in business. It's as simple as that. Let's break down one of your, uh, one of your guys' deals. Okay. So this was a Scottsdale deal. It was a high-end house, ARV, like 750, 700. I saw it 700. Now it's more due to the crazy market that we're in. <laughs> it's a lead that came in texting lead. It was a response mm-hmm. when you text back and they respond, are you interested in selling? They respond, yes. Uh-huh. That for me, like, favorite <laughs> that's gold. So I think this is when we were still both acquisitions mm-hmm. on, on this deal. So that's the beautiful part. It's that it's two of us, right? So Rodolfo was working that lead first. And Rodolfo like had a verbal commitment to lock that contract at 435,000. He was locking it up over the phone. Like the sales was seamless. Like it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Guess what? A realtor. It wasn't. He talked to uh, the seller, talked to a relative that told them they could get more. What did the realtor tell them? <laughs> oh, no, you can get way more money than that. I can list it for you, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And no, she couldn't get more money. The house needed work. Like, I mean, she could get more money, but we were like, oh man, this is going to be a big deal. But okay, so no, talk to the realtor. Realtor said she could sell it for 500 in the MLS. That would net her around 470, 475. So no thanks, Rodolfo. So Rodolfo told him like max 435. So mm-hmm. he couldn't be like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, bump it up from there and, and, and so, start fiddling with, with the price points. Yeah. But we're in the same office. So it's like, hey, Miguel, like here's this lead. Call it. <laughs> this is the situation, the pain points, everything. So we hop into the call and I already know why they want to sell, how much they want, everything, everything, mm-hmm. everything. But there was one thing about this deal that I didn't want to lock it up over the phone. So we set up an appointment. So I mm. talked it, set up an appointment. We went over there. It was just a regular wholesale deal. She didn't know Rodolfo, like by feeling no by phone. So we always like to go to the buy appointments in two because mm-hmm. it's just weird because when one's talking, like the other one is thinking like, oh, if we say this, this is perfect. So we just- Oh, you're thinking negotiation wise. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Conversation was, yeah. So when he's talking, the other one is listening. So exactly. help us both. <laughs> we went over there, had a good appointment. We locked it up at 475. We were initially going to wholesale that one at 500. So mm-hmm. we we're going to make a 25k rip. We like we were happy, but we were already partnered with Templeton Walker and like, hey Temp, like we locked up this deal. Like we're going to sell at 500. We already have a buyer, and we already had a buyer. And he's like, hold up. And this is what part of the things that Templeton brought to the table, right? Mm-hmm. He saw things that we didn't see. He's like, no, like, you're not selling this for 500. Give me a minute. <laughs> he calls us back and he's like, I just sold it for 525. Wow. The so, power of the network, man. Power, power of the network. network. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, wow, like, it was just a wholesale, but we didn't assign it. We double closed it because we didn't want the, we, it's a buyer we mm-hmm. never worked with, which we had problems. 
And it happens. And and it happens. I mean, especially when you have when you have bigger spreads like that. So the numbers are going to work differently depending on the buyer, right? So you have people who are looking for properties to come in and flip them. And then you have people who are looking for properties to come in and buy and hold or, you know, add to a portfolio or do something else with them. So you had a buyer at 500 and then Tim came back and uh, he has another one that, you know, 525. So you just added $25,000 to that deal. The idea is that, you know what, like we're going to split this three ways, but you're also adding to, to the resources that you have. So it's not, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily splitting the, the profits and getting a cut on your part. Sure. It means that, yeah, you're tapping, you're tapping into a bigger market or tapping into a bigger pool of resources and, you know, better stuff can happen from there. Absolutely. And we don't see it in like splitting. We just see it as a business, mm-hmm. like business, business expense, marketing budgets, everything. And at the end of the day, we distribute. It's not like, oh, we'll make, no, it's business comes first, then we'll, we'll eat from there. Cool, cool. Now, you guys have a pretty cool understanding of, of what it is to actually have an operation in place. So, um, I mean, that, that's crazy. So you locked it at, what was your lock price again on that? 475. 475. 475. So, I mean, you ended up with a $50,000 deal. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Awesome. Did that happen at the, uh, while you guys were still cold calling? Was that one of the first, uh, during the first 60 days that we were talking about earlier? No. Or is it, did it happen after? No, that was, well, yeah, it, it, it was probably between the 90, I think it was the last 90 days. It was right where we were in talks with Templeton about merging. So that was one of the, I don't know if it was before we had the full, the, the, the full both companies uh, merged or it was prior August, to that. But we were already working. Yeah, we were already working August, with Templeton. We were already merged. Yeah, we were already merged. Yeah. And, and that was through through SMS. So cold calling, we put the brakes on cold calling for a bit because SMS was working very well. And referral business, we were trying to grow the referral business as well. And mm-hmm. cold calling just didn't make sense at that time. Now it, it's different, but we just kind of wanted to focus on, on the on the things that were working at the time and trying to expand on those. Yeah. Uh, so that, it was an SMS deal. Yeah, this is, it's the smartest thing. I mean, if you already know um, that a certain you know vehicle is working, meaning you know in marketing, you know, why why break the wheel? Why reinvent yeah, you it? You, you cannot be one like. Yeah, you you, you have to you have like to adapt, but you always start with whatever you have available, right? Which is exactly Absolutely. what you did. And it's it's funny, man. But uh, to begin in wholesale, you don't need more than than a, a you know a cell phone, paper, and pencil to start <laughs> to start getting. That's that's your system. Like that's your whole operation. You can literally begin with that stuff. From that point, you look for properties. You either buy lists, you drive around, and you skip trace. And you know, there's a couple of different ways that go go into it. But it doesn't take much. The point is that you have to start where you stand. You're never going to be completely ready. In your guys' case, you guys made a very, very smart move, which is jumping into a place that already had a lot of action and movement in it. That's exactly how I started as well. I mean, I got thrown into the, you know, the fire right, right out of the gate when I started doing acquisitions. And that thing, you know, just evolved into something else, into something else, into something else. And next thing you know, uh, like things are, you know, started to take shape. So I love it. As a wholesaler, both of you, and this is individual questions, but what is your guys' biggest struggle? I'll let Rodolfo start. I think as a wholesaler, it's always trying to be innovating, right? You always, there's always going to be competition, especially in our market. I mean, you know, it's crazy, right? So mm-hmm. everybody, everybody and their mom can be a wholesaler and you always got to stay sharp. So for me, I guess the, my biggest trouble would be just 
breaking my comfort zone and trying to learn enough of what others are doing to, to continue innovating, continue, continue growing the company. That for me is the, the biggest thing. How can I maintain the efficiency of the company and how can we continue to remove non-value added steps into the systems and, and build procedures that are just going to be sustainable without us trying to, or constantly having to be managing that particular process within within the whole organization. Does that make sense? Yep. You're the thinker. You're the process guy in building this thing into a machine. What about you, Miguel? What's your, what's your biggest struggle as a wholesaler? As a wholesaler, I think, and especially as a sales, like I'm more focused on the sales, is that feeling that you're always feeling like your pipeline could be like loaded with leads and, and like potential deals, but you always feel that you don't have enough. Hmm. That feeling that where is the next deal coming from? Like, where are all my leads that I had two weeks ago? I don't know. It's a weird feeling because... Is that a, I'm going to challenge that a little bit. Is that a curse or a blessing though? Like if, uh, if you felt that you, were, that you were settled, I mean, wouldn't you stop and, and kind of slow down a bit? <laughs> I think it's a blessing because... <laughs> I think it's a blessing because, I mean, especially since... We have a slow week, right? Yeah. We felt like last four weeks been they have been slower than usual, but we were running the numbers because we have monthly meetings, weekly meetings, KPIs, and we had our meeting, right? And I'm like, because I was stressed and telling Rodolfo, like, dude, like, what the hell's going on? Like, <laughs> like we're not because we were getting two, three contracts a week, like we were killing it. Uh-huh. What's going on? What's going on? And then we went back, reviewed our KPIs. Well, Rodolfo, like, hey, here's what we got, like. Take a look. And I'm looking at the numbers. I'm like, this is not bad. Like, why am I complaining? <laughs> so you're just used to, uh, to that high output type of, uh, type of deal. Exactly. Exactly. But I think it's a blessing because we're never satisfied. Like we, we could have a $200,000 month. And this is what Templeton, like he's still our mentor. Like he's our business partner, but he's still our mentor. I mean, he's way ahead of us in, in a lot of things and we're blessed to have him by our side and teaching us and guiding us. He's challenged our mind and financial blueprint in a lot of ways that we don't want to settle. Like we could be having a $200,000 month and then Templeton asks the question is like, why aren't we having a $400,000 month? <laughs> it's, it's a mindset of growth. It's a mindset of growth and staying on it. $400,000 month. Like, like it is true. And, and, that's helped us a lot in never being satisfied where like, damn it, like we only got eight deals this month. And it's like, yeah, why? Like to a lot of people like, man, you got eight deals, but like, why didn't we get 16? Mm-hmm. So that I think it's a blessing that we're never satisfied. So we're never going to stop trying to grow or evolve or innovate. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we continue being grateful, right? So we appreciate those eight deals. We appreciate the $200,000 month. We obviously are happy with it, but there's always that follow-up question of what's it going to take to make it a, a $400,000 mm-hmm. month? Yeah, you know? to, keep, to keep expanding and, and, and just move forward. I love it, man. Give me a recommendation on, on a couple of books. I know you guys uh, are readers and because and, we've talked about that before. So give me, I don't, give me two books that people should tap into. And then I'm going to ask you another question before we wrap it up. Man, it's <laughs> hard. Just two books, dude? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Talk yeah, to you. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Dude, I think it depends on your roles, right? I've read books from systems, which is everything, but I read those books. I'm like, ah, this is not fun. So I'll let Rodolfo answer those. But 
I like how you guys just, you know, like throw the other guy under the bus for no apparent reason. Is that how it works when you guys are negotiating? Uh, like, he's got no, it. Well, I think about it. And then I come, <laughs> come back to no, me. No, I mean, we try to no separate joke. Our roles, right? Like, <laughs> no joke, though. Uh, he touched on something very important. So no joke. Actually, Miguel is, is handling the whole negotiation and the seller will say something that I take it as a motivation point or mm-hmm. a pain point that we call it. And Miguel is Miguel is thinking 3,000 miles per hour, just trying to go through the, you know, through the whole negotiation and what's the end point. And for me, then it's easy to just jump in real quick and say, okay, hey, hold on a second. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah. And I, we go deep into pain again. And so we obviously collaborate with each other too. But yeah, it's, it's how we work. <laughs> That's a great dynamic, guys. Let me do three books, not two. All right, all right, so, fine, fine. I'll do. I'll give you three. Come on. So obviously, <laughs> everybody says this book. This is just for real estate, right? Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yep. Everybody needs to read that. Can say a little bit more books on on my personality type. So that one, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Great book. Yeah. I think is a fabulous book and just teaches you how to be consistent and the importance of how it will compound into everything and i think our business is an example of the compound effect how we started like first month one deal second month one deal and three and four and right now we're like consistently getting six to nine mm-hmm. right so and last book is a sales book can't teach a kid how to ride a bike at a seminar i mean just because yep. i'm a sales guy i'm going to say that book just you, you got to have a system and i know max and steve preach a lot about having a sales system i learned from them so i'm blessed but yeah i think those three books for me are probably the most important. Nice. Man, I'm, nice. I'm horrible remembering names, but I, I know for, for a fact, obviously the uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that was for me the number one, the, the first book that I actually read that pointed to the right, the right direction of investing in real estate. Mm-hmm. But then you have so many like the clockwork and the one thing and, and I don't even... Traction and rocket fuel, those are your books? Traction and rocket fuel, obviously <laughs> for us. I mean, I mean yeah. trying to identify who's going to be the integrator and the visionary and who's taking charge of what. And that's what I thrive most for, for the most part. That's what I choose to, to read just to be a little bit more in my, that's kind of my thing. Right. So that's uh, overall, I mean, he touched a bunch of good books. <laughs> good um, um, uh, yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, as far as systems, as far as systems and setting up the foundations of, of a business, I mean, traction, it's one of the, it's one of the best ones out there. I mean, it's just, it makes it easy to understand how the whole process works or should work. Now, what are the top three things that new wholesalers or aspiring wholesalers need to uh, be focusing on when they're starting off? I'll let Rodolfo answer first and then I'll answer. I think that's a, that's a very easy question because hmm. People tend to overcomplicate everything. And you will start watching all these videos and YouTube videos and you got to have all the systems and you have to have the perfect audio and you have to have the, the perfect CRM. And how it's not about having the perfect tools in place for you to start working. It's the other way around. It's just taking action. Start mm. driving and start door knocking and start calling from your cell phone. Grab a Google phone number. Like do the, the small steps. Be consistent. A lot of people just think that it's going to happen overnight. It's just not that way. I mean, you might get lucky, but it's not going to be that way every single time. You have to have that emotional maturity and just be consistent on what you believe is going to happen and and just put the work in and the results will pay out. It's undeniable. We all know this. If you put the work in, it's going to pay out. But you just got to be consistent and start taking action somehow. Otherwise, Mm. you're just going to stay on the sidelines all the time. 
Oh, I love it. What about I, you, Miguel? My three, I'll leave from what he said, started with massive action, but not just massive action, massive, consistent action in everything. Staying on it, yeah. Make a mess and fix it up later with the money that you get. Like, that's number one <laughs> throw, thing. Throw spaghetti on the wall, right? When you have no idea what's happening, throw spaghetti on the wall and then see what sticks. So yeah, that's the first one. The second one is learn how to bring value to other people like you. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there are so many big players surrounding us, you, Max Steve, Templeton. So I'll talk a little bit about that bringing value on because we wouldn't be where we are without Templeton. So how did we partner with Templeton? We started bringing value like in June. How did we bring value? Deals, opportunities for Templeton. So bringing value, bringing value. And we were like, hey, we kind of worked nice together. But how mm-hmm. did that happen? By us bringing value to Templeton which I mean, he's years, years ahead of us and he's still our mentor. So then guess what? Like we're partners with Templeton Walker. And I told Templeton the funny thing, have you read the book, Think and Grow Rich? Uh, me? Are you asking yeah, me? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. How yeah. it starts that uh, someone wanted to partner with Thomas Edison, I think it was. Oh yeah. And they kept thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. Dude, that was us. Like we were like, I literally envisioned myself being a partner with Templeton Walker. Yep. Like, and it happened, <laughs> but it didn't just happen because I envisioned it. We took action. We brought right. value. So bring value. Number two, if you, and, and number three, mentorship. Mm. I mean, mentorship, get guidance from your mentors. We have a lot of mentors. I mean, I consider Rodolfo a mentor. I mean, I, Templeton's a mentor and dude, like you, I don't think our system mm. would be where they're, they're at right now without you and without your, your help and awesome. your, your operating system. Your guidance, the talks we've had at Real Estate Disruptors Meetup, the, the the one-on-ones that you've been so kind enough to sit down with us and just open your mouth and just like pour <laughs> value out, like pour value in front of us. And, Thank you, dude, look, I mean, Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no. So there you guys have it. You guys are killing it. Uh, and uh, you guys are doing great. I'm so happy to see how this whole thing has changed since literally since March, when you guys started doing this in the middle of uh, COVID, when everything was supposed to be going downhill, you went uh, the opposite direction through consistent action, through massive action, through uh, through increasing your network, bringing value and then doing all the right things in the right order, man. It's, 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 it's great. It's amazing to see you guys grow. I'm so happy to be a part of it. And I'm excited to see what you guys are going to come up with. Because, I mean, when you have that fire built into you, when you have the desire to, to do the right thing and then to give and push it forward and then just get bigger and, and make a bigger impact, magical things happen every single time. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate you guys sharing your, your story with us and being a part of this, man. I love it. I love it. It's um, a pleasure and honor you having us here, man. Yeah, it's an honor having us here. Oh, well, we're gonna we're gonna do it again. Watch, we're gonna touch base in another six months and see how great you guys are growing the company. So, yeah, there you go, tribes. Thanks for listening. There's uh, been no better time than now to take advantage of the best opportunity out there, which is uh, real estate wholesaling. So, uh, head on to wholesalingin.com and uh, set up an appointment, have a conversation. If it works out, I look forward to working with you in person. Until then, stay focused, stay tuned. You got this. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.